What's up, Anchor Crew? So, I'm treating these episodes sort of like continuations of stuff. So, um, if you've been listening to my station already today, you probably heard me on my uh, Epiphany Chit Chat episode with another Talk Myself Around installment where I have a really weird dream and it threw me off for like half my morning. So I talk about it. Um, one of the things that I'm dealing with is just, uh, overwhelmed feelings and what to do about them. And, uh, still don't have a perfect solution for that. But one of the things I do have is the sources of my, (laughs) of my overwhelmed feeling And one of the sources of my overwhelmed feeling is that I'm trying to fix a lot of broken systems in my life right now, where I guess broken is kind of extreme. They're not broken. They're just, they just need some attention. They need some maintenance. (laughs) They need to be updated. I have a lot of outdated systems in my life right now. So how I'm eating isn't as healthy as I would like it to be. You know what I mean? And so you try and fix that, but then you're also trying to like, update your parenting skills because the kids are growing and needing different approaches and then you're also trying to keep on top of the house in a different way because the old way seems to keep you behind because while you're doing the house you're also homeschooling and the homeschooling has changed because again the kids are getting older and then your marriage is in a different season of life because things have gotten so busy so you're trying to be smart with that and then on top of those things you've got everything outside of yourself and outside of your home and then you've got your dreams about writing. So, you know, there's just a lot happening (laughs) and a lot that I want to change and I'm trying to do all of it at the same time and it just feels impossible. So, all that to say, I have epically just fallen flat on my face with my writing challenge. So, (laughs) I think I'm definitely going to need like a big time punishment. But in the meantime, I'm going to do a small one as was suggested by Living For Him podcast, my friend Alfred. Um, I'm going to read you guys some horrible poetry that I have written. And I have a little book of poetry. I was very enamored back in 2007, 2008. I was very enamored with the idea of slam poetry because it put together two things that I loved. I love the rhythm of poetry a lot. I love lyrics more than I love music. And uh, I also love lyrical prose. So it was kind of like putting a rhythm to beautiful word pictures and then performing them. Just the whole thing was just like the perfect kind of poetry for me because I have a hard time appreciating honest-to-goodness classical poetry. Um... I don't know. It just I get I get I get distracted by rhyming. I get distracted by trying to understand something that's not being straightforward said. So, when I write poetry, it doesn't sound like poetry. <laughs> so that's what I mean when I say it's not good poetry. Um it's also just not done well because I'm not a poet. So, uh, um 
Yeah, I'm flipping through this poetry book. <laughs> and I'm looking through to see these difficult... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I just, it's just hard. Um, I'm looking through and I'm just like cringing. So here's, here's a very, very simple one that I did. We'll do this one this time. Okay, so I'm going to tell you the entire process because this is two pages worth of writing that resulted in three lines of poetry. So at the top of it, I wrote the time I made cookies. And the first bit that's crossed out goes, there you go again. You say it just right, and I'm tipped into a froth of irritation. Froth of irritation? Oh, man. Okay, I got to stop commenting. Okay, next part says, also crossed out, by the way, you make me see red. Only the person you love can make you this angry. If only you would turn it off. I can't deal right now. Oh, what I would give to stop the onslaught of your tones. What I would give to know and see you listening instead. And suddenly, I'm a genius. You're a man of simple taste, loyal to the steadfast basics. I will make you chocolate chip cookies. Cookies spiked with spite to shut you up so you will listen. And that is the first draft. Okay, then I thought, you know what, all of this is extraneous, so let me try for a haiku, because those were fun in school, because they were short. <laughs> so my first attempt at haiku is, cookies spiked with spite, shut you up so you listen, man of simple tastes. <laughs> and the one that wins, the one that has been circled with approval by... Victoria of what is what year is this? Hold on, I gotta turn the page. What year is this? 2008. So, a 2008 Victoria decided that the final draft of this poem was <clears throat> Man of Simple Tastes, shut you up so you listen. Cookies spiked with spite. <sighs> I am not. I am not a poet, okay? Um, <laughs> What's really funny is I know exactly what moment I'm talking about in this. We were, first, first year that we were married, we went to college together, and so we had um, an apartment we rented not far from the campus and that, instead of living on campus, because obviously you're married, you can't. And um, while we were living in that apartment, Eric and I figured out that our communication skills were very bad with each other. And he would say things that would drive me crazy, absolutely crazy. And then he would talk over me. And then I would feel like I wasn't being heard, even though I hadn't stopped talking to take a breath. So, you know, it was going super well, super well, guys. <laughs> and so the one time um, I knew that he liked it when I baked cookies and so I thought, well, I'm going to bake him cookies. I'll bake him cookies. And uh, I did. I angrily and spitefully made cookies and was like, here you go. Here's your 
happy little wife in the kitchen making cookies for you to stuff your stupid face with, you know, and I did. And then I gave him the cookies without saying a word, and he was like super surprised, obviously, and uh, wasn't really sure what that was about. And he ate the cookies, and that's it. <laughs> I sure showed him. <laughs> oh my goodness, I can't even explain to you fully the the logic that was attempting to make itself known with that whole scenario. It was really just an emotional goo mess inside and I was just like I think I was trying to make some kind of a statement but I never actually said it so it was never heard so basically I just got mad made cookies and then Eric was nice and then I was kind of okay with the fact that he turned nice <laughs> and then just filed it away for later just you kind of told myself, okay, he didn't get what you were saying. And you never really got to, like, explain why you were mad. But he was a lot nicer when he wasn't hungry. So maybe we should look into that. And ever since, I have made a point of not bringing up anything or continuing difficult conversations if I know he has not just eaten. Because Eric gets hangry. Victoria, I loved your bad poetry. It it felt magical, partially because uh, although myself, I was never really a poetry writer, I did record a lot of music in my early 20s and uh, late, late teens uh, that was probably 50 times worse than anything you just said. The, worse than your spike cookies. Um, spike cookies. Ooh, those sound yummy. Uh, they, like it was just embarrassing and anybody should have hated me, uh, that known that I made anything so bad. And, but from that, I was able to like steal a lot of really cool stuff and kind of repurpose it into things, pieces of music I find more interesting now than now, which, so, you know, everybody comes from somewhere <laughs> we build from our failures. It'll also remind me of a second story, which you, I, I'll tell you later. Okay, I'm making dinner, so this is going to be noisy, but um, thank you for telling me so nicely that you enjoyed my bad poetry. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm glad that it brought entertainment to somebody out there. Uh, yeah, no, it, I. <laughs> that's probably one of my favorite ones to laugh at myself about. And I guarantee you that if I could have tried to make music, I would have. My problem was that I'd always been um, intimidated to try to do music because both my parents did and both of them started younger than I had started, were more diligent in pursuing it and had written, obviously written more songs than I had, but in my brain it was like, well, if that's not my talent, then I'm not going to try because that was just how I thought about things at that age. But... I know for a fact that if I had tried to actually write songs, <laughs> you would have been in good company, my man. You would have been in good company.